0: Okay, we'll go in three, two, one. Hey, thanks for that introduction. That was terrific. This is indeed Dave Hodges, and I am your host for this evening. And we do like to think of ourselves as the show that is freeing America on one enslaved mind at a time. And we have a terrific segment coming up with Chris of formerly of Before It's New, still has his hand in it, but he does a lot with cryptocurrency. But we're going to talk a lot tonight about privacy. And censorship. But before we go to Chris, I need to remind you that we do have some people that make this broadcast possible, and we really do appreciate their help. And first, what I want to talk to you about is Steve Quayle and Renaissance Precious Metals. Steve just does a fantastic job of helping people convert their soon to be worthless cash into something that's going to appreciate over time. And I speak from experience. I'm not just Steve's friend, I'm not just a business partner of Steve. We are also. Also, we have a strong business relationship. I'm his customer, and I've let him convert a lot of my soon-to-be-worthless cash, and I could not be happier, but he'll tell you if this is not right for you. Give Steve a call tomorrow. Let him know that you want to look at these options and let him know I sent you. Give him a call at 406-586-4842. That's 406-586-4842. Now, I've got good news on the food front. Many of you have said, Dave, we appreciate your two-week sales on storable food for My Patriot Food Supply, and, but we'd like to see a return some to the four-week. Well, guess what? We're going to do both. So people who like to buy in two-week increments because it's more affordable to their budget uh, will also give way to people who want to buy the four-week supply. Now, we recommend that everybody have at least six months of storable food. Uh, And I think coming up on a lot of events here, particularly the midterm elections, we could see some service discontinuities, some just-in-time delivery interruptions. And the Wilmington people in North Carolina in the face of Hurricane flores really showed us that you've got to be prepared and this is the best durable food around great quality no glyphosates no gmos very good pricing really the best pricing in the country 25 year shelf life how do you get yours go to ready are you ready for this guys preparewithdave.com i love the url they gave me preparewithdave.com for the two options of purchase well chris kitsey is no stranger to what we do here on the common central he's joined us on many topics and he's back to join us again and chris i want to welcome to the show and kind of get started why don't you update people on what you're involved in these days
1: uh thanks dave great to be back and uh as usual always happy to uh to talk to your listeners um well, as, as a lot of your listeners know, I, I started Before It's News uh, back in, I think it was 2009, 2010, and uh, recently handed that off to uh, one of the other people who's working on the project there. I've been involved with Unseen, which is a private and secure communication system in, I- in Iceland, and uh, about four years ago got interested in um, in Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, and uh, I've been working on a community coin called Flash, so that's been – that's pretty much of a roundup. As far as what we're working on going forward, um, we're moving Unseen to a peer-to-peer. So it's, it's truly decentralized. People will host their own servers. If that's what they want, people will be able to um, – uh, will solve two problems. One is the privacy problem and the problem that other people are not talking about, which is a censorship problem. So those are really uh, – those are the really the two things that are um, – that Unseen is trying to address. We have a team of people working on that right now, and hopefully by the end of the year we'll have something to show people and they can start playing with it. Cryptocurrency-wise, um, you know, Flash has been out for about a year and a half. We've got probably 600,000 addresses with a balance. And, um, you know, the coin seems to be doing very well. A lot of new features coming out. But, again, you know, the the main thing is, of course, privacy and Getting rid of the censorship.
0: Well, the censorship is the big deal, and this is what uh, we're seeing. I had a conversation with someone when I was in Branson at Steve Quayle's Legend Gathering, and this person is one degree from Obama. No, excuse me, Obama. Okay, correct myself. Not Obama, President Trump. And I expressed frustration that Trump wasn't enforcing the anti. Um, uh, monopoly laws, the antitrust laws, the open forum laws, and I explained them to this person, and they really were receptive. They said, Dave, I wasn't aware of all the intricacies here. I'm meeting with the president in two days. I will share this with him. Two days after that, Chris, President, uh, president I want to say Obama again, President Trump came out and said that they were going to investigate social media for antitrust violations but nothing has happened since he made that announcement and maybe it takes more time, but I'm really growing impatient because doesn't, don't you find it mysterious that the independent media that helped get Trump elected, uh, he hasn't jumped to the rescue of these illegal censorship actions by social media before now.
1: Well, you know, I think there's, you know, president Trump is a genius. Let's put it this way. He's a genius. And, um, you know, I quit voting probably eight or nine years ago, so I don't really, I don't vote for people. But I can tell you this: uh, between the two choices, he was the obvious good choice, and you know, the other choice was a not good choice. Oh, but the oh. bottom line is, the bottom line with, with President Trump is he is a very smart operator, and you know, it's like they, it's like they say, when your enemy is killing themselves, let them kill themselves. And that's basically what's happening here. And you're seeing it play out with the whole Kavanaugh thing. You're seeing it play out with, um, you know, just about everything. And what I think is going to happen here is um, there are federal laws, and this is one thing that I've actually I wrote something on LinkedIn. Your your uh, your listeners are welcome to go to my LinkedIn page, and see it there. It's basically what it says is it says the federal government is going to. Um, sue and actually, you know, probably put some people in jail the, uh, with these large companies because they're basically what's happening is there's a thing called Section 47 of the CFR, and this is the Federal Register of uh, Regulations, and what this says is that if you are a communication service, you are not allowed to censor uh, traffic that goes through your network, and the reason is simple right it's one thing to listen in on people but to censor it is another because when people use something as a communication system what happens if someone wants to put in a 911 call and there's some kind of emergency what happens if there's some kind of political thing and the person wants to share their political opinion about something completely legal no violence nothing like that just people exercising their free speech rights this is a law already on the books my belief is that all of the big services are – will fall under this law as communication services. And as such, there's a law already sitting there ready to go to work. I mean this has been happening before. They, you know, Obviously this was a problem in the past, and that's why Congress you know, passed this law. So that is – I think what's happening right now is they are just letting them dig in deep, and they're going to do a lot more things. I mean taking away money before it's news, I can share with your listeners – Uh, Google terminated before its news what I would call with extreme prejudice two weeks after the election in 2016. Um, We allowed everything positive about President Trump on our website. We allowed everything that was positive or negative about his competitor. But we just let everybody make their own choice. That's the key. Now, what happened with, um, with before its news is Google cut it off they sent an email they literally turned off all of our ads and they decided to keep the money now it wasn't that much money because we didn't trust google but they wouldn't the fact that they would just keep the money was the most shocking part to me having been in business for 30 years i've never seen uh people behave like that when they've actually run the ads and they owed the money they used some excuse of uh you know some technicality about the way we were running our site, but we've been running it that way for five years and then, as soon as uh probably two or three months after all the smoke cleared, what they ended up doing is um, Google came and said, uh, "Oh, we changed the terms back, and you can now do this." the same thing that they told people they couldn't do so that's that's Google. we all know Facebook is evil and wicked, and they have been doing the same thing they 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 let their users come in, bring all their friends, and then they started censoring them. So after all the users built up Facebook, built up Google, built up all these things, that's when they start to turn it off. So that is the fundamental problem with these centrally controlled anything. People ask me, well, what about Gab? What about all these things? You know, they may be fine services, but if they're centralized, they can be controlled, and not just by the people who are running the service Gab, for example, was hosted on Microsoft and Microsoft said on the Microsoft cloud and Microsoft said, you can't have this on our cloud. So now Microsoft is telling Gab, we're going to shut down your entire service if you don't remove these two things. Well, if you remove those two things, then what's to keep Microsoft from coming back every day and telling you remove this, remove that? This one says something nice about President Trump. Get rid of it. That's what's going on. So it's Facebook, Google. Google. All these companies, Apple's in on it. It's terrible, and they are all communication systems, and what they are doing is illegal.
0: Well, explain the law to me one more time. I'm not familiar with the application you're talking about.
1: Well, if something is deemed to be a communication system, people rely on it for communications. Now, you think about it. If I'm relying on my Gmail email account and all of a sudden a bunch of important emails get blocked, what does it do to me? it may damage my business. It may damage my personal relationships. I may have an emergency where I need information. And this could be something with uh, you know, Twitter, for example. To give you another example, Twitter, the Democratic Party served WikiLeaks using Twitter. They couldn't find any other way to serve them, so they publicly served them using Twitter. Now, if you're doing that, you are you are using a service. You're you're using a service as something that is relied upon by the public for this kind of um, you know. It could be relied upon for emergency purposes. It could be relied upon for legal purposes, serving a subpoena or serving a um, uh, you know a court paper. Any of those kind of things that would deem it to be a communication service. And it's just like, the way I put it is just like UPS. If I'm UPS, I ask, is it corrosive, explosive, or liquid? And if it's not, you can, and it's legal, you can put it in the box and I don't ask you what it is. I don't go through your box. I don't rifle through your box. If there's a search warrant for it, of course you cooperate with the, with the legal authorities and the, and law enforcement. But in general, you are hauling bits. You're hauling a box of bits and that's the thing that these guys that's the problem these guys have now crossed over that line and they are now violating this law
0: what are the penalties
1: well that's a good question i don't know and it's probably something where the government could come in and make them remediate everything There's no, I didn't see anything when I read the law, I didn't see anything that said, you know, there's a $50 million fine or whatever. But I'm sure there's some kind of fine, there's usually something, there's got to be some kind of a penalty if you do something wrong. But, you know, this is what we'll see. You know, my own preference would be, you know, just stop censoring. Let's start with that. As far as giving people money back and so forth, I'm not as worried about that. I'm more concerned about the information not getting through.
0: I agree with you, but I think there needs to be a penalty to serve as a deterrent for anyone else to think they can get away with this.
1: Well, let's see. You know, it depends on what happens with the Department of Justice and with the Attorney General. As your listeners may know, they are they are extremely busy right now. A lot of grand juries are operating, and um, I think in the next uh, in the next four months, you know, in the next I say four weeks, not four months, by the end of October. You know, we will see if it truly is a red October.
0: I pray for that moment. And the reason I hesitate, Chris, I had a really lengthy conversation with a DHS guy last night. And um, he's on the front lines of fighting against groups like Antifa. And they go out and monitor them for ISIS involvement, and there is. And he told me, uh, what i already knew to be true about the fbi he said we have guys out there that we should be able to get our hands on an arrest he said they have ties to the deep state they're undermining the constitution they're breaking the law and he said we could even get them for sedition in many cases and he said and we're blocked by our deep state colleagues in dhs do you see why i hesitate
1: yeah, no, that's that's definitely true, but you know, I think when something happens at the top, I mean, there are only so many. It's just like when you're dealing with the mafia. <clears throat> you know, how do you how do you put a, you know, put a dent in the mafia? Well, you have to arrest the 10 top bosses. You do that and then you go to the next layer. It's just a it's a tabula rasa rosa type of a of an approach where you just clear the entire slate. That's the that's the problem, and you can't do it piecemeal because it's just not going to work. It's just going to get filled in again. It's just like the Borg. Um, you know, you take one of them down, and ten more appear. So it's got to be done as you know, as a decapitation. Um, there's no really no other way. I've been told this by a good friend of mine who was also an advisor to President Trump. I think he's a hundred percent correct, and um, you know, we'll see how this thing plays out. I mean, this. Uh, this whole thing after after Kavanaugh gets approved, and I have my doubts about Kavanaugh too. By the way, I do too. I published
0: gets, them. Yep, I agree with
1: you. Yep. After he gets approved on Saturday, which is what it looks like now, although that's still moving a little bit, um, you know. And then the famous, you know, Q came out fifty-three to 40, 47, I think it said, um, you know, that they would that he would get approved by that margin. Um, you know, anything can change until people vote and, and the pens are down. So, you know, it's hard to say. If that happens, you could see a lot of action. You could see a lot of things happening, and there's going to be a lot of people pushing back because they know that the end is near. And you notice the tip was Lindsey Graham, when he cross-examined uh, Kavanaugh, and he asked him about the difference between civil law and military law. And that was a tell. That is a very telling thing. It's a warning, because it tells people exactly what could happen. You have military tr- courts and military justice. That's the only way that anything is actually going to happen. The regular court system, you can forget about it.
0: My goodness. I, I Listen, I could not agree with you more in what you're saying. I have heard the martial law preparation talk, and I've heard it from the New California people, and uh, they think that, It's likely the president will move on criminal Jerry Brown and his related cronies and that they may very well have to make wholesale changes in who's running the California state government. I've heard this now for about three months. So what you're saying, I've heard in other circles, and I think you're probably right, but can Trump pull it off? Because who's going to do the enforcing? And we say the DOJ will do the investigation. Well, the DOJ has Rosenstein in it rosenstein's wife is the conduit between the deep state and elected government she's represented clinton the clintons multiple times uh she is the um, shot blocker for FOIA requests for the fbi his wife is more powerful than he is and yet he still has his job and then you look at sessions he's done nothing nothing
1: yeah, it's frustrating. Um, you know, I share your frustration, Dave. I mean, I'm, I'm an action person. I just, I don't like to see, I don't like to see money wasted. I don't like to see people leave the water turned on and the lights turned on. I don't like to see people stealing things. Um, I don't like to see people hurting other people. And um, and that's basically what's happening right now. So, you know, I look at it from the point of view of, um, you know, the big picture and it's the whole world. It's not just it's not just uh, happening here in the U.S. You know, the censorship is just one aspect of this whole thing. And it's actually I think that they're they're even debating internally how to do the censorship right now. So you're you're talking about the people who are still in control with the deep state. They control quite a bit, of, you know, quite a few things. And including a lot of the routers on the Internet, including uh, Google, all these large tech services, uh, all the universities, all the, uh, you know, the pharma, all the corporations, everything like that. That's all been controlled by, you know, the banks, everything. So so it seems like it's a it's a giant mountain to climb. But, you know, it's uh, you know, there still are a lot of good people out there. And even people who you would think are in the deep state, there are white hat people in the deep state who are actively trying to help as well. Now, you know, their lives are the ones who are gonna be in danger the first, because as soon as they, you know, people figure out what they're doing and what side they're on, they they might have a very short life expectancy. But they're out there, and there are a lot of good people. Now, the US military, of course, is the stronghold, and that is what is keeping this thing going. That's the only reason we still have a country. I would argue we're actually living under martial law right now.
0: Interesting. What makes you say we're in martial law?
1: Well, look at how things are controlled right now. There are – the border is, is – you know it's, it's a one-way border. You can come in if you're illegal. If, you're, if you want to leave, they make it difficult. So, for example, people who are going down to, uh, let's say that I want to leave the country, this is the thing the wall is being built for. It's not being built necessarily to keep people out. They could keep people out if they wanted to. All they have to do is to send down a couple divisions down to the border, start shooting a few people, and it's done. They're they're just going to close it down. But there are people who do not want the border closed. Now, if you think about the real purpose of a wall, a wall works both ways. It keeps people out and it keeps people in. Yeah. So you have to look at which way the barbed wire is pointed. And like in a FEMA camp, it's pointed in. That is meant not to keep people out, it's meant to keep people in. Now, you look at how people are being treated by the banking system. Um, I had a bank account with, with uh, Bank of America for 25 years. They just recently terminated my bank account they didn't tell me any reason why. The officer I've known for eight years who's been on our account, we've never had a bounce check, we had plenty of money in the account, he, um, he said, I don't see any reason why this would be closed. And apparently, there are a number of other people who are having the same kind of problem. So it's what they're trying to do is obvious. They are cutting off the money supply to people like you and I, Dave, the people who actually stand up and tell people to be good that call out people when they're bad, and who um, you know who want people to have a good future. So that's the um, you know that's what I'm seeing right now. As far as the martial law, you're starting to see things that very subtle. You don't know that you're in a jail cage, but yet you know you have things like you have uh, RFID RFID readers built into the pavement that track to your tires. A lot of people don't know about that.
0: No, tell us so about you, that. How does that work?
1: <clears throat> well, every tire has an RFID tag in it. When you buy tires at a tire store, they tell, they say you have to pay a federal excise tax, and they're collecting all the data, who bought the tire, what car, what vehicle they went on, and so they know exactly when this thing hits the scanner, they know, oh, this particular tire came from this car, and this person is the owner of this car they've got all the data they've got cameras, they're putting cameras up on almost every road, every intersection and you don't feel like you're under martial law it's not like you've got someone out saying papers please, they don't have to do that because it's electronically martial law
0: interesting That's, um, what do they do with this information so what, you're on a highway you're at 2am coming home from a friend's party what does that matter?
1: Well, it doesn't until it does. And I'll give you an example. I was, uh, my phone, uh, because of the cryptocurrency work that I do, my phone's been hacked three times in the last six months. And, um, you know, there's nothing, they, no one got anything from me because I'm very careful about how I store all my cryptocurrencies. And, um, you know, actually, I don't even store them myself, they're all stored somewhere else. So, you know, people could come to my house, there's really nothing they're going to get. But the point is, uh, my phone, I get a phone, I go to Japan. I'm with my uh, daughter and my wife. We're all on the same plan. That's an AT&T plan. Everyone's phone works fine except for mine. So I call AT&T and I say, why is my phone not working? Well, let's see. We checked. AT&T says it's all good to go. The local carrier will not accept the connection from your phone. So what they'll do is they'll put you on a list And it's going to be like the Chinese social credit system. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but that is really – that is the kind of censorship that I'm talking about. It's a complete systemic censorship of not only um, keeping people from information, but gathering information, assigning a rating to people, and then either rewarding or punishing people based on the ratings.
0: I uh, have – well, four I have a friend who's former NSA, and I have a contact who is current NSA, and they both tell me a pretty similar story. Sixteen categories in their intelligence gathering for every individual, and they have an aggregate score. The problem is, is neither one of them knew, where's the dividing line between the kill list, the incarceration list, the discrimination list? But they all exist, they said. They said these lists are being compiled for reasons, and they're basically categorizing what they call the enemies of the state.
1: Yeah, I, I believe it. And, um, you know, who are the people who are going to be the first group of enemies? Well, they're the people who tell people to stand up for their rights. We're All we're talking about, we're not talking about anything violent. We're talking about people having their human rights to follow the Constitution and the laws of the United States. That's all we're talking about. We're not talking about going crazy. We're not talking about doing a demonstration or anything. All people want that I know and the ones that I support are the ones who are in favor of letting people have the freedom to have the faith that they want to. And as you know, Christians are persecuted in the United States. It happens. It's a very subtle thing. But if you happen to be a Christian baker in Colorado, you know firsthand exactly what I'm talking
0: about. Are you talking about the gay weddings?
1: That's, that's part of it. I mean, there's a number of things. These are people who've had to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on legal fees to defend themselves and their business. They were singled out. They were chosen. They were selected to be made an example. That's what's going on. I think here in California, there was the person who was the CEO of Mozilla. He donated, I don't know, $5,000 to the anti-gay marriage proposal on the ballot here, and people went crazy, and they got him fired from the foundation that he started himself.
0: And what was this crime exactly?
1: Uh, there was no crime.
0: The no, crime I'm, was. No, I'm being sarcastic when I say. That. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah the, the, what it was is he he supported a cause that these people didn't like. Now that's the worst part of it because when you start doing this kind of thing, this is this is actually what the the communists have done historically, everywhere in the world, before they try to take power. They do the most they possibly can with elections. And then when that stops working, they get violent. And you see it in places like China, Russia, I mean Cambodia. It's a pile of millions of bodies. That's basically where it ends.
0: So you think this ends in genocide?
1: Well, it could, or maybe it won't. If things work out well, if our U.S. military and our Oath Keepers... Uh, support the Constitution it doesn't have to end in genocide but it could and you know and I think it's just gonna depend on the moral character of people in the US I think what the globalists have found the most surprising is that the people in the US still follow traditional values and that is the thing that's been the traditional culture here is still very strong especially when you leave the big cities you go out on the countryside it's like going back fifty years. People are nice, they they're kind to each other, they hold the door open for each other, they say hello, they, they actually genuinely want to know how you're doing and, and that you're well and uh, and help each other. And that is the kind of culture that is different than what communist is. So really when I look at this I say to myself, How is it that, you know, we still have our culture? You go to a place like China the entire country has been completely contaminated by the party culture. That's what it's called. Even the Chinese call it the party culture, which is you don't you don't pay attention to your family. You th- you know you'll have your you turn in and snitch on your relatives, your brothers, and uh, and so on for things that aren't even crimes. And uh, and now with the social uh, the social credit system in China, if you if someone reports on you, you're not going to be able to get on a plane flight. Now, that is actually a form of martial law, if you think about it. If your freedom to travel is restricted in China, if you're on the social score that's below a certain number, you can't get on a bus, a high-speed train, or a plane. Now, how are you going to travel? You're going to be walking. That's what they're doing. They're limiting people's mobility. That's, the, that's where it starts. Then they start to cut off the food supply. Then they start to cut off medical care. Then they start to cut off... Do you see where this goes?
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's no question where this is headed. And I think that when we look at the totality of it, it's basically we're going to up the ante until we kill you.
1: Well, that's it's a slow kill. That's the The model here isn't... Uh, go and wipe people out right away. Don't drop an atomic bomb on people. Just get 5G. Roll out 5G, which happened in four major cities this week. It's also already in Santa Rosa, California, uh, home of the directed energy weapon fires of last year. And um, you know they're killing—they're killing people. It's a slow kill, so people will all of a sudden start getting cancers. The glyphosate—the the, glyphosate—the uh, the Roundup which now has been, uh, you know, a court has said, yes, it's a cancer causer, which I think everybody knew, um, you know, but people would pour it on by the gallon in the farms, and people eat that food, and it's just a terrible, terrible thing, so it's a slow, it's a slow kill, that's what's been happening, and there are things they can do to speed it up, I mean, 5G, they can just dial that thing up a couple notches, and, you um, take it up to a higher frequency. I mean, they already call, the people who fix the cell phone towers already call some of these cell phone towers cancer alleys because they know, they already know that when where the transmitters are the most powerful and people live under those beams, they are going to get cancer.
0: Really? That is absolutely incredible. Uh, I'm sorry. I had my microphone muted here for a second. That is absolutely incredible when we talk about that. When we look at these effects of 5G, I've talked to Virginia Farver, who's an expert in the area, and she feels the effects are going to start showing up almost immediately health-wise. What do you know about this?
1: Um, I'm not a medical person, but I can tell you this. I've spent some time, you know, as a technologist, looking into and researching ways to stop this. And I'm going to share something with you that I think is very interesting lead paint stops 5g now really <clears throat> when did they start doing 5g the equivalent of 5g is doppler radar mm-hmm. about the time that started that's the time that the lead paint was, was started to remove be removed now sure there were probably a few kids who ate some paint flakes and there may have been a few kids that got exposed to uh lead but we all grew up in houses with lead paint and No one that I know has high lead levels. So, you know, I think there's another reason why they're doing that. But the lead paint, it turns out, is very effective against cell phone signals. If you go in an old house and you wonder why your cell phone doesn't work very well, it's because of the lead paint. So there are shielding materials that you could get. There are a number of places that sell these things. Um, And the paint is one thing, but you also need curtains because you've got to cover your windows but that's what it's going to come down to. And um, you know what I would suggest that people do is they have their bedroom because you spend more time of the day in your bedroom. Uh, you know, build like a safe room there, and it can be just a little thing that's built over your bed, like a canopy, and uh, you know, like Cinderella had. Only it's made out of uh, you know copper copper wire mesh that's been woven, and um, you basically form a Faraday cage. So that's what, uh, that's what I think is going to happen. The 5G, <clears throat> it's a big, it's a wide piece of spectrum. Um, it goes from basically around uh, 15 gigahertz all the way up to 300 gigahertz. Um, there have been things I've seen where the FCC has permitted because 5G, one of the characteristics is it doesn't travel very far, but it literally will go through just about everything in its in its journey. Now, one of the things it's like is the, the machines, the scanning machines at the airport. Now, people don't realize, but when you have 5G, if someone has a viewer, you could build a viewer that just reads the reflected 5G that comes off of the cell towers and interpolates it and v- views the data, you are going to be able to look at people as if they don't have clothes on, You just like at the airport. You are going to be able to look through the walls of people's houses and see what's inside. You can look inside people's cars through the trunk and see what's inside the car. So that's what's coming is that this kind of scanning technology is now being put on the street. And it's going to, um, you know, everyone's like, well, wow, but I can watch my movie from from my iPhone, you know, and I can watch three of them at once or whatever because the bandwidth is so high. But that's that's you know you've got enough bandwidth right now and you know quite frankly if you're concerned about any of this stuff you would not be using wire, uh, wireless technology for everything a radio for all those things in this kind of frequency range especially around 60 gigahertz which is the natural frequency of oxygen so you know that there are a lot of biological things that will be disrupted when they get it up to there the initial rollout is I think it's in the 30s. 30 gigahertz range and you know to give you an example the police radar guns are around 25 27 gigahertz and those radar guns you know cops would get testicular cancer from sticking them in their laps for too long so we know that they're not good
0: man we just um you know i i read something recently and and i went and investigated it um i learned that the high tech people in silicon valley don't let their kids play video games, and they don't let their kids use cell phones.
1: They know better. They know exactly what's being done. I mean, especially things, something like Facebook, which is, uh, you know, really terrible. I mean, what is it? Something like 30% of all uh, divorces are caused by Facebook. Really? so it's a terrible it's a terrible thing you can go search it on the internet you can you know and it's and actually it's true because what happens is people go find their old lost loves and you know and maybe their wife doesn't seem that exciting that week or whatever and they go find somebody else
0: oh my gosh you know it makes sense the it's boy that's interesting you know and i've you know, i'll tell you i'm hesitating whether to say this or not i think i'll practice discretion Let's just say I've had people look me up from my past. And uh, so I I know exactly what you're talking about. And oh, do you ever have to be careful about uh, people harassing you? I mean, I have stalkers. I don't know if you've experienced that or not. I got a stalker on Skype. And somehow they keep getting into my contacts and reestablishing themselves. And I've got stalkers on Facebook
1: yeah I had people calling me on the phone. I had a lot of death threats and I had all kinds of things. Um, you know i just I just uh basically gave up on the phone and um you know I just tell people you can call on the phone and leave a message, and I might pick it up in a week or two. it's um <clears throat> i just I don't get that many phone calls anymore because I just quit using the phone and the other thing is that's been happening is that a lot of people have been blocked. I've gotten calls from people who said. I tried calling your phone and it sounded like it was disconnected. And I think that's what also has been happening is that what they do is if they know that you're not a threat to the system, because we're not violent, we don't get violent ever. And they, um, you know, but what they do is they just make sure that no one can talk to you. And that's, I think one of the strategies that they've been using, uh, for a lot of people. And I know people, Jim Stone, who's another investigative journalist, Um, Jim has had the same exact thing. Anytime he tried starting a business, they would literally disrupt it to the point where he could, he would lose all of his business. People would be, you never called me back. And he's like, well, I never got a phone call from you. He'd go through his phone records, nothing. And same thing with emails. They just block the emails. Everything just goes in the black hole. That's the kind of censorship that I'm talking about. That's the kind of censorship they do in a place like communist
0: China. Interesting. That's, um, So thorough and so complete. Uh, I've got a friend named Paul Martin of revolutionradio.org, and it never fails. No matter where Paul is at or I'm at, we always get disconnected in our conversation several times. Somebody doesn't want us talking. You know, I'm going to sound like I'm totally paranoid here, Chris, but this is something I should probably send you by text. I've got a neighbor, and again, remember, I live in Nowhereville, Arizona. Nearest gas station is 15 miles. Nearest grocery store is about 17 miles. So we're out here pretty isolated. 300 families spread out over several hundred, several thousand square miles. And about, oh, I don't know, 150 yards away from me, there's someone that has put up these really weird antennas. And we had um, a microburst sweep through here about five or six weeks ago. And we're out in the backyard assessing damage at 2 a.m., And instead of assessing their damage where they lost trees and so forth, they're up on this oversized garage, detached garage, tending to these microwave towers, whatever they are. And I went, I got curious. I took a picture and I sent them to my ex-NSA friend. And he said, do you know these people? And I said, why? He said, well, tell me what direction their antenna is pointing. And I said, south by southwest. He said, that's surveillance, Dave. He said, what the hell would they be surveilling in the middle of nowhere unless it was you? (laughs) And I thought, oh my gosh, I never thought of this. So I went and I sent it to my DHS contact. And he said, somebody's watching you, Dave. He goes, you need to start watching for the vans. Well, now I've started looking at who goes in and out of this house. And these people out here um we have a few ranchers on the outlying areas but pretty much they're small business owners for the most part um and these people almost are all self-employed and they have families very family oriented here and what we see are nothing but a bunch of guys coming in and out of this house and i've started taking pictures and i'm about ready to go public with it
1: well i think you just did
0: well i'm talking with the photos and all the people and I'm going to start taking pictures, of license plate numbers, and they don't belong in this neighborhood. I mean, I I know, I know the people here. In fact, when we had our fight against McCain and he and his banker friends were trying to steal our property for the Canamex Highway System, um, we banded together. We have very tight-knit people out here. I know the people here, and these guys are so atypical. It's scary, but I never thought I'd be important enough to have anyone dedicate something to listening to me. Yeah. now I've got a DHS guy and an NSA, ex-NSA guy telling me, well, I don't think there's anything out there for them to see except for you.
1: Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, the other thing I'd say is, um, you know, remember your windows, you know, talking inside. If you want to have a private conversation, you know, they can just shine a laser beam on a window yes. and they can listen to your conversation right and there's technology that's out there that's much much more than that that's probably 30 year old technology Mm -hmm. so we're talking about things where um, you know they can look through your house just like I was talking about describing with the 5g Um, you know basically if you want to have a private conversation you have to leave all technology behind and go out for a walk in the woods literally in the woods because if you're out in the open you know, they've got microphones and they've got all kinds of things that they can listen in on. So it's, um, it's almost privacy is just about gone.
0: I've been told by DHS people it is gone.
1: Yep, unfortunately. And the next stage, as you know, is censorship.
0: Well, censorship and then the roundups. Let me tell you what haunts me. I, I don't know if you're familiar with the name Larry Grathwall. But I'm sure you've heard of Bill Ayers, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, Bill Ayers brought Barack Obama into prominence um, in terms of politics. He launched his political career in his Hyde Park, Chicago uh, living room. And Larry Grathwall actually penetrated the Weatherman Underground in the late 60s, early 70s. And he got to know Bill Ayers well. He was an FBI special informant. He's now deceased. And Larry was on my show a number of times and and i'm haunted by what larry told me he said one day he sat down with bill Harris and said if you ever win and these were the communist red diaper babies of the day and if you ever win bill what will you do and i remember this is the guy that launched obama he said well we'd have to put about 50 million americans into reeducation camps and do away with meaning murder about half of them and i've been haunted yeah, I've heard by that. that yeah
1: Yep. I've heard that. And that's, that's exactly how they, that's how they operate. So, um, you know, that's why I'm very hopeful about president Trump that, you know, this is why it's, uh, you know, red October, the hunt for red October. Right. So it's, um, I'm very hopeful about that. But on the other hand, I'm, I'm still concerned. Um, you know, I'm concerned because the moral decay of, uh, of our country, um, seems to be continuing it's 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 you know slowing down a little bit but um you know it's just it just gets worse by the day i mean i hear people telling me things that are just i was just like shaking my head i couldn't believe how can people even think this way um all this whole me too thing with kavanaugh i was talking with a number of women i said yes i know i agree it's a problem women are you know they're they're taken advantage of they're underpaid they are um you know raped and treated badly and you know a lot of people don't believe them but i said you can't go on a witch hunt against somebody and with a bunch of things that are just made up you just can't do that because then what happens is you don't have any law and as soon as that happens now you're dealing with a gunfight in the street
0: well yeah you're dealing with vigilantism no question i had that discussion just today and a lady said to me dave you're a really reasonable guy and you treat women with respect she said but people need to believe the women. And I said, believe the women because they're women. And she said, yes. And I said, well, that means a woman can bring a false allegation and she's not held accountable. There has to be no proof. There's no presumption of innocence until proven guilty. And I said, that's tyranny. And exactly she, they, she doesn't get it. She didn't. I'm, I, I'm laying it out for her. And, and she's heard me talk about, I mean, when, uh, Uh, Weinstein and done all his stuff and Bill Cosby and I said these guys need to be locked up and put in a dark hole for a very long time and congratulations to the Me Too women who are coming forward with this and they're proving their cases and then we get the Kavanaugh situation and I I think Trump should have kept his mouth shut but he was right I mean uh, you know she had one beer but she can't remember how she got there she had one beer but she can't remember how she got home she had one beer was it upstairs was it oh she had one beer he was right. Trump was right. Probably should have left it to us to say that. But this woman's story has more holes than Swiss cheese. Why should she be believed with no proof?
1: Exactly. I think that uh, you have to have a fair standard uh, for everybody. And, you know, I think that's part of the whole problem is that there have been the elites have had a different set of laws that they have uh, that they've been following than than ordinary people. And uh, and it's not Right. So I think what has to happen now is that you have to bring people to justice. If, uh, if you see something that's right in front of you that's, uh, that's, that's uh, you know, breaking the law, like what I just mentioned to you earlier on the show about the Section 47 CFR, where these communication services are breaking the law. They're trying to get around it with a hundred page toss, you know, terms of service agreement that no one reads, but that doesn't get around a law. And, you know, to get around a law, you have to be legal. You have to do things in a legal way. And the problem is that, um, you know, we have a lot of laws. We probably have too many laws. And I mean, there's so many laws, even judges don't know all the laws. So they say, they used to say ignorance of the law is no excuse, but even judges don't know the laws anymore. So I think we have a system that's just become too complicated, and it's it's selectively enforced, which always happens when you have too many of something. It's just too much to you can't enforce it all the time for everything. So what ends up happening is the people who have buddies in power, and it's you know people like Senator Feinstein, get away with anything. Hillary Clinton, they get away with anything, and uh, you know and people look at it and say, wow, it's so blatant. How do they do that? They're untouchable. And that's part of this whole deep state, right, is that they have this mechanism that protects people like this. And that is the that's how they that's how they play it. It's carrot and stick. You know, you go up against the deep state and, you know, Chuck Schumer's been threatening people saying if you do anything bad against these guys, they're going to really make it bad for you. Well, that's probably true. But on the other hand, you know, there are people who who do all kinds of heinous crimes
0: and apparently are never held to uh, account. Well, here's one thing I'm seeing now: is is, is uh, we're approaching, and this is a pre-record, obviously, but we're approaching the uh, Senate confirmation vote. And on the eve of this, the New York Times comes out with allegations that Trump's father somehow avoided paying tax and passed along a good amount of that money, four hundred million dollars, to Trump. Well, first of all, even if that's true, that's not Trump's responsibility; that was his father. Yet the newscasts are saying the Trump family, like Donald sat down and promised or worked on tax evasion strategies with his dad, and there's no proof of that. This is how they couch this, but they'll go with this crap with one degree separation of accused wrongdoing and not even tied to Trump directly. But yet we have 33,000 emails of Hillary Clinton that are classified, taken to a private server, and each one carries five years in prison. But that's okay, and the New York Times won't touch it.
1: Well, you know, what President, you know, here's the thing about President Trump. He's been in business for a long time and he is such a high profile person. He's chosen to be a high profile person. And what happens with high profile people like that is that they get audited every year. So he has a team of tax professionals and they go through and they prepare the taxes and try and save them as much money as legally they are entitled to save using whatever legal means they can. And then they have to go and they file the tax return and then they get audited. So basically that has he has been audited forever. So there's nothing they're not going to find anything in the taxes. That's bad. And, you know, the thing is, this is like the last ditch effort because this could very well bring down the New York Times.
0: It should. I mean, the New York Times is not fit. That paper is not fit to use to housebreak my two puppies. I mean, that's how I see it. Well, Chris, we're just about out of time, and it's been fascinating talking about uh, censorship and privacy-related issues with you, and we have our work cut out if we're going to keep our privacy and hang on to any form of freedom of the press and freedom of speech. But uh, Chris, uh, how do people follow your good work? Because I know you kind of stepped a little bit out of the limelight.
1: Well, I'm, uh, they can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I do not have a website right now. But what we're doing is we're building a peer-to-peer version of Unseen, and I will have a presence on that because um, the reason I'll do that is because I know I'm not going to be censored there. I haven't put a whole lot of work into anything. I used to have a Facebook account, and then I caught uh, Mark Zuckerberg censoring my story about the organ harvesting that was being done of Falun Gong practitioners in China and uh literally i mean i had people i shared the story with and they said they've never seen anything like that that was when the censorship first started with facebook Mm -hmm. and after that i quit facebook i said you know if i can't tell people the truth i don't want to waste my time and even support anything like this so i agree that's why i've been kind of holding back until we get the peer-to-peer unseen done because once we have that we'll be able to do file sharing you'll be able to post videos and the way it works, Dave, is very interesting. It's a network of individual nodes. It's not like there's one central server. So let's say that I have a file.
0: Yeah, that Chris, maybe Chris we got about, we got about 30 seconds. I'm sorry.
1: I'll make it quick. we got a, we got a node. We've got all these nodes that have your files on them because people listen to it. As soon as they listen to it, they become a source. So now your file is now hosted on 30,000 different places.
0: Oh, my. That's the
1: point. That's what we're building, and that is why it's so important, I think, because it's going to break that censorship.
0: Well, with that kind of volume, you're going to attract business because business goes after profit. They don't care about deep state censorship. Uh, So you're, you're definitely going to attract business. Chris, my friend, we are out of time. This has been fascinating. I love it when you come on. We have such good discussions here. Audience loves it, too. Thanks so much for joining us.
1: Great to be here, Dave. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Okay. Chris Kitsie, ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned. We'll be back.